from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. What's going on, Year of Purpose podcast? My name is Zephan Moses Blacksburg, and today I'm joined by John Naster. And John has been starting and running businesses for the past 13 years. In 2011, he discovered the internet as a business, and by 2012, he was running a successful software company from his laptop while traveling the world with his wife and daughter and playing drums in a punk rock band. He is the host of the Hack the Entrepreneur show, where he has done 200 plus interviews, received 1.4 million downloads, and a partnership with Copyblogger Media and Rainmaker FM. He is also the co-host of the Rainmaker.fm podcast, The Showrunner. He just released his first book, Hack the Entrepreneur, How to Stop Procrastinating, Build a Business, and Do Work That Matters, and today he's hanging out with us. What's going on, John? Oh, I'm just really excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, thanks for being here today, and you know, I I love that we got to meet a little earlier in the week and talk on your show and and hear about um, your book and and what you're doing with entrepreneurs, so it's great to, to have you here with the YOP crew. Absolutely my pleasure. So I have to ask... How does one go from, you know, just running businesses to discovering the internet and, and just saying, wow, I can run with this and just be a punk rocker and travel the world? Like, what what were you doing before you discovered the internet as a business? And do you remember, like, was there any specific day where, like, did somebody just drop a bomb on you and you're like, oh, my God, like, I have to do this? Yeah. So a couple things happened. Um, so I grew up playing in punk rock bands um with like people who were older than me so i was in high school i remember like getting picked up for my last exam i think it was grade 10 and my band were all like in college or not in college but they were that age some of them and right after my last exam literally like everyone was just going outside to like go do whatever for the summer and like there was a van there waiting to take me like across the country and play shows so i learned from an early age this whole diy do it yourself right so if you want something done you have to just do it yourself you can't wait for other people to hand you things and so i sort of just took this on in life bands ended up breaking up and i just started playing for fun totally it wasn't something i was trying to do for money anymore and then i just started some businesses um offline and from like selling fireworks hilariously as like a store, which did really, really surprisingly well. And I kind of miss, but I refuse to do anything offline anymore. Um, but I, I went into, ended up like working in new house construction again, completely wacky, but it was just like, as you go forward through this like journey of life, right? Like none of it really makes sense at all ever. But when you look back and you can kind of like, okay, well, that kind of led to that and that. I remember then I met that person and that, and it's just kind of this cool thing. So um, my daughter ended up being born when I was, um, well, 10 years ago. Yeah, so I was 27. And up until that point, time just kind of, like somebody would ask me like, hey, remember when we did that? Or remember when that happened? It was like, oh yeah, that was like six months or a year ago. Oh no, that was like four years ago. Like it just doesn't matter, right? It's all kind of blurred together. But then I had this kid that, every year like six months leading up to my birthday was like the biggest thing ever it's your birthday coming it's like yes but when you're my age it doesn't really matter anymore <laughs> but it started to matter because i started to have this definite date every year where it was like i need to do something more so the first two years still 
of her life, I didn't, I had the offline business. Um, and at the end of the second one, I was like, hey, this is crazy. Like I, I have to be somewhere closer to what I ultimately want to be doing, which was kind of just, I wanted more freedom. I wanted to be able to travel with my family as my daughter aged and stuff. And so I couldn't do that with an offline business because you have to be there and you have to be working and doing all the stuff away from a laptop. So I sold the business and we ended up moving across the country and I had about a year and a half um, worth of money just to kind of figure out this whole thing, which I'd been kind of introduced to by some friends, just the internet as a business, which I had never thought of before, like, which is hilarious. But, and so I spent the time figuring, well, not so much figuring it out, actually wasting time and not, and just kind of like information overload. And then I ended up actually having to get another job quickly, um, which led to me almost owning another company offline, but I actually quit that. Um, at the end and was just like, nope, I'm going all in on what I'm doing online. And that was like five years ago now. And I haven't looked back since. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy looking back though, that, uh, it seems like it's a, such a short period of time. You know, you go from selling fireworks to all of a sudden you look back and it's like, whoa, like I had this online business, the fireworks store is long gone. And, um, I'm actually very familiar with how the bands usually function when you were saying, you know, it's very DIY because one of my good friends uh, used to be in a band and he said, you know, we are the graphic designers, the guys that have to make the flyers to put up, you know, we are the communications people, the guys that have to get people to the concert venues. Uh, and so it really is a lot of DIY stuff that, that has to happen there. Um, and I think it probably sets you up more for the entrepreneurial world than anything. I mean, I, I bet you could probably write an entirely second book on how being in a band prepared you for the entrepreneurial world, right? Yeah, totally. And that's the kind of thing that, again, like as I was going through it, it didn't make sense that this could be like being in a band would and living out of out of a van and like putting on our own shows and selling t-shirts and making them that that could was a business per se but now looking back it's like wow yeah that was like the best education ever for that like you have no resources and you just have to make things work and you just come up with an idea and you create something out of nothing whether it's a show or an album or a t-shirt or a sticker and that's to me that's all entrepreneurship is is just creating something out of nothing and when you do that, whether it's in a band or online or offline, whatever you want to do with whatever you want to do it, if you can then turn that something into an exchange of money back to you, then now you can continue this whole game we call yeah, entrepreneurship. <laughs> definitely. I, you know, you, you mentioned in there that uh, you said 10 years ago, I was 27, and the, I'm turning 27 this year. So this is kind of a cool opportunity for me to kind of ask you about, you know, 10 years ago, the type of advice that you would give to someone, say, like me, you know, I started an online business roughly a year ago, so I'm one year into this, um, and it's tough, you know, if for a very long time up front, you don't make money, there's a lot of long hours, and uh, much like in a band, I'm making and designing my own websites, I'm making all my own content. Um, what do you have to say to people as far as, you know, they get to this point and they're right on the cusp of something great. Like they're right on the edge of, you know, this huge explosion in a good way in their life in every aspect from business to relationships. It, you know, what if they're on the edge of giving up? Like, what do you have to say to that just as far as, you know, you've you've owned and run so many different businesses and just had 
a lot of experience over the last 10 years. Um, what do you have to say when someone's, you know, could just say, you know what, I could walk out at any minute, minute and just give up? Um, a lot of people quit when they're tired and you should quit when you're done. Um, and you won't regret it. You won't regret the extra work, the extra hours, the extra sweat, the extra blood, the extra tears that you put into it. But you will regret it in a year, in five years, in 10 years. When you look back on that moment, this very moment in time, when you know, when you kind of felt that spark, that you were on the cusp of something, and you quit. You didn't quit when you were done. You quit when you were tired. You quit when somebody told you that you should quit. You quit when you didn't think that you were quite good enough to do it. That's it. You just don't quit. You just literally just keep going because you will not regret the extra work, even if it doesn't lead to exactly where you think it's going to lead to, which it never will. It's you have to just not quit. You yeah. have to keep going because it's so worth it. I just I refuse to um, look back at any point on my in my life anymore after that change happened about five or six years ago where I never want to look back and regret not doing something all in. And going for it as hard as I can. Um, because I don't want to know what could have been. I want to know exactly what could have been because I did it. Um, and I did it to whatever logical conclusion or else the conclusion of, yeah, okay, now I'm on to something else. And that's totally cool. Not like I'm not saying you have to follow this thing through for the rest of your life for the next 50 years. That's basically impossible, especially mm -hmm. online, the way everything changes. And that's totally cool. That's part of the journey. But you, you will regret quitting. You will absolutely regret regret it that's just there's plain and simple i've talked to hundreds of people now about this and um you never regret doing the extra work you just regret quitting yeah i think there's no doubt about it that uh it, i i think you regret it if you quit in anything um you know whether it's sports whether it's uh you know certain things in your life or business but something that you had mentioned just previously was um you know when you had sold that one business you had roughly enough money for like a year year and a half um, money tends to be a big fear for a lot of people, right? I mean, you've invested so much up front into making something happen. So I guess two-part question here. Um, what's kind of your take on uh, have you ever gotten to a point where you don't really have the money to do it and it's a scary thing? And at that same time, is there a point where you should say, you know what, it's time to quit? Because I've seen uh, Shark Tank episodes where – they always ask, you know, how much money have you invested yourself in this business? And they're like, oh, like $100,000. And all the sharks like freak out and lose it. And they're like, are you kidding me? And you're still going? So mm -hmm. I wonder, is there a point where you should decide to try something different? Um, and also, you know, what do you do when the going really gets tough, at least financially? So it's a great question. And so when I had that money, right, I then totally just I had that money in a cushion and there was no my back wasn't against the wall um, I hadn't burned the ships as they said I mean there was a way out for me and that out ended up being going through all that time not having not doing the work I needed to do and then needing to get a job and as soon as I got that next job I was like okay now my back's up against the wall this I don't want to continue doing I need to net and so then I worked all day and then I came home and worked like four to five to six to seven hours a night for like eight months. Um, and it was like, I'm focused now. This is crazy that I did this to myself, but I will never do this to myself again. So the money actually doesn't help in that way. It's really the work. You have to do the work. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to do the work and you have to change your mindset from like a, 
a consumer to a producer and you have to start to produce things what no matter if that's content or if that's products or if that's books or if that's videos or whatever that happens to be you have to produce stuff and you have to take time doing it you don't spend three or four hours a night watching Netflix because you are the consumer of the end product which is the movie or the TV show which was produced by somebody somebody who's living a really good life because they get to make a lot of money because they are a producer and you are the consumer and you have to just go back to work tomorrow because you have to continue to buy and be a consumer. I'm not saying never watch TV. I'm not saying never consume things, but you have to switch your mindset and become a producer of things. Producers also get a lot of money so they can buy stuff and consume if they want. This isn't an anti-consumption sort of rant. It's just you have to change your mindset and start thinking that you aren't good enough to produce things, that you aren't smart enough, that people don't know you and that you don't have any money. It's You just have to do it. Um, and it's absolutely essential, I think, to anyone's growth and success in life and in business is to make that switch because you'll never be able to get out of the rut or having not enough time or money if you don't ever make that switch. Yeah, and I think it's so important just to be able to transition your mindset in general. I mean, look, if you can't turn off the business mind when you're with your family, then, then what good is it, right? I mean, it's I'm sure that your personal relationships would suffer if you don't have that ability to kind of switch over and transition out of that mindset. Um, now, does that mean that we're not thinking about our businesses when we're with our, with our loved ones? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I think that we should definitely always have our mind on our business and, and new ideas that could come up. But I think you're totally right that having that ability to shift mindsets is so important. Yeah, and I... To me personally, I blur uh, business and life. Like to me, they're kind of interchangeable. They're kind of the same thing. I work from home. My wife has like been able to quit her job the last few years. She's at home. Our daughter now stays home to homeschool. Um, like we've just we've created a life around this. And that just involves me in a laptop, sometimes working in my office or not or working in the hotel or on the beach, wherever we happen to be. And it's just kind of part of life. And to me, this is like something I'm trying to instill in my daughter is like, this is just me. I'm a producer of things now. And this is what allows us to do all of this. But it, and it's kind of just part of life. Like to me, life is creating things. Life is producing cool stuff. Like I really want to like die with like a pile of stuff behind me, even though it's all digital for the most part. Right. I, I want to, I just want to keep creating things and putting them out there and doing more and more and more of it. I don't want to be like, well, it's five o'clock on Thursday. Looks like it's time to never think about this like project that I'm like freaking out and so excited about. It's just not the life I want to live. I want to be excited by things. Some days, like today, I want to sleep in till 10 a.m. with my family and just like get up and have like a leisurely breakfast because I don't start till 11. That's awesome. But then I might also work till one or two tonight after my daughter goes to bed because I'm really into what I'm working on right now. Um, and so there is that blur and you have to kind of you have to find what you're into, right? When you're when you're really into it, you will go until it's done and you won't just quit because you're tired. Yeah. And and one of the things that you found that you're really into has been, you know, you've got Hack the Entrepreneur going on. You wrote a book. Uh, you've got a podcast yourself and, uh, you know, you've got a, quite a few other projects going on. How did you discover that this would be the right next step for you to take? Like what what sort of thought process went into just saying, you know, this is definitely where I should go. This is what lights me up every single day, um, you know, and this is what I'm going to do. Okay, so besides like 
put aside all like the branding and marketing and positioning of it that I put into it, I ended up, my family ended up in Asia two years ago, I think next month. Um, we ended up there for the winter and then I, we ended that trip with, um, going to Chris Ducker's first tropical think tank, um, which was a small conference at that time. It was like 25 of us. And there was like a mastermind sessions and there was some really smart podcasters such as like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. And so there was all this talk about podcasts. Um, my business velocity page at the time, well, still is, but um, was allowing me time and freedom to start something new. And I had podcasted in the past, kind of got my the, like the feel of it, but I wanted to do a new show by myself and so I needed to kind of be pushed. Then I spent a few months after that kind of just thinking about it. And then all of a sudden it was this like ideas with people in my mastermind and stuff. And somebody created the name for me. Then I just decided I'm going to start interviewing people. I want to, I have this list of 30 people that I want to interview, like brilliant business people. There's nothing I love more than talking business with people. I know that if I just call them up and ask them to for half an hour, they're probably going to say they're busy. But if I'm hitting record for a podcast, they'll probably say yes. So selfishly, I'd never interviewed anybody in my life. Literally, we were out at a cottage on a weekend when I finally decided, um, okay, this is it. I'm starting. And when I got back that Monday, I just sent off some emails. On Thursday, I did my first interview. Um, this was like early July. And then I set it up to launch September 5th, um, which is exactly what I did. And then about seven or eight weeks into launching, um, when I thought it would kind of start to fizzle, and that's when I'd be like, oh, I talked to everybody I wanted to talk to. Now go back to business. Um, it had this moment, like you talked about, like that spark where I just felt like I was on the cusp of something. There was engagement. There was audience that I didn't have before. There was downloads. There was people trying to sponsor my show. There was people trying to come on my show. And it was this weird feeling of, hmm, I might be on the cusp of something here. Now it's time to go all in. So I went from two days a week to three days a week, and I really, really focused on my show, making it better um, and pushing it. I started to write for entrepreneurs, started to write for copy blogger um, to really promote the show and do more work around it. And it was because I just felt like maybe this is the time. This is it. And I didn't want to look back in a year or in two years and be like, oh, I should have pushed that. I should have pushed that harder. But it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. But I absolutely love it. Um, and then that all kind of just ended up interviewing Brian Clark of Copy Blogger, and then that led to Rainmaker, that led to the showrunner, and the rest is kind of history. <laughs> it's crazy how you you know you push over the one domino and everything else just kind of falls into place. You know, I always tell people my story how I, I always knew I had to go to California, and I didn't really know why. And going to California led to travel hacking and couch surfing around the country for two months, which led to starting this podcast, which led to a number one best-selling book. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You know, if you talked to me two years ago and said, you know, would you have written a book? I would have said, no way. I mean, I grew up with a learning disability. Write a book? <laughs> I couldn't even write a one-page paper for school, you know? And so I, it's just absolutely unbelievable to see where you can go if you just you know keep the momentum up keep it going uh and so you now have well over 200 interviews on your show you've met tons of people is there it's hard to ask this question because i want to say is there any like one or two people that really stood out or anything that really 
uh, jumped out at you as like a oh wow moment like I definitely need to be listening into this because even though I've learned so many things over the last 10 years this is still something that's so new to me uh, is there is any one thing just that is attributed to maybe your success or even just uh, where things have gone for you um yeah I'm gonna quote Guy Kawasaki um when he was on my show and it ended up in my book but um he was talking about understanding the math of success um, and how people, especially when you're working or like when you're going to become something, you kind of figure out like how you could make so much money or what you can accomplish in life in general. So he says, if you believe somehow you're set to a certain capability and level of accomplishment, then you'll never achieve anything more. However, if you believe you can do better and do other things, that growth mindset will allow you to accomplish more. Um, which is super awesome, which is like really just this idea, like you said, how you wouldn't have expected because of a learning disability that you would be a best selling author, but now you are. Um, I was the kid who I still, I'm the kid now at 37, and I don't even like, I, I freak out over like seeing a comma. Like, did I, <laughs> should I put that comma there or shouldn't I put that comma there? I just, I mean, I also just released a book that ended up on a bestseller on Amazon. Um, the book took me nine weeks from like, the idea, the very first email I sent about it to we're going to write this and we're going to launch it December 14th. That was like September, I think, 29th. That first email went out. I checked this on a call last week with somebody and like literally like eight weeks later, or nine weeks later, like I launched this book on Amazon to a number one. I had never written a book in my life. I'd never thought of writing a book in my life. I'd been pushed enough to do it. Um, and I, I still don't quite know where a comma goes in a sentence. Um, <laughs> The book itself is obviously written very well because it's been edited heavily by really, really awesome editors that make my ideas make more sense. But if I had thought in any way that I was limited by the fact that, well, I, how, John, how can you possibly write a book? You don't know where commas go. I wouldn't have this book and I wouldn't be able to help people and push people forward with this book. Um, and that is essential. You need to overcome that. Like, John, how do you become such a great interviewer on podcasts? Well, first of all, I don't think I'm a very good interviewer. Second is I've done 200 in the last year and a half. But at the beginning of that 200, I had never interviewed anybody in my life. Mm -hmm. Even when I record somebody like my daughter doing something on my phone in video and I hear myself talking back, I hate the sound of my voice. But somehow I'm a podcaster that podcasts way too much throughout the week on too many shows. Um, <laughs> And I hate the sound of my voice. But if I had let that stop me from doing it because I thought that I couldn't accomplish that, if I didn't think that I could get a partnership with Coffee Blogger Media, because why would he like, want to partner with me, somebody whose voice sounds terrible or doesn't know how to interview? It's like, well, what if I just do it? What if I just do it anyways and get good along the way? Then maybe these things will happen. You have to do it. You have to. None of us know what we're doing at the beginning. None of us know how to start. None of us know how to interview. None of us know how to write. None of us know how to podcast. None of us know how to build software until we've done it, until we've done it enough times. And eventually people look at us and like, wow, how do you get so good at that? Well, I just spent the last two years doing this only, the only this thing. <laughs> so if you do that, you'll be probably better than I am. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks that Nike got it right, you know, just do it. And, and I mean, it's just, it's sage advice, but I think everyone's asked me too, you know, how do you do it? Well, I, I, I started, you know, and I think that it's so important is you just have to get started and you just have to keep moving. Yeah. Uh, and so Hack the Entrepreneur is out right now. Maybe just share with us a little bit about um, 
you know, what is what is in that, what people can expect to get out of that. And then maybe just to round things off, I'd love to hear how the kid in you, the punk rocker, still gets to stay alive through your business, through your lifestyle, and through everything that you do. Very cool. So Hack the Entrepreneur, the book, is called How to Stop Procrastinating, Build a Business, and Do Work That Matters. So interviewing 200 brilliant, brilliant entrepreneurs that are way smarter than I will ever be. Um, I, I On the end of my show, there's something I call the hack, where I pull out a 10 to 30 second slice of the conversation, something they've said, and then I do a short sort of essay on it. So I took just their hacks, um, 50 of them, and I broke them into 10 categories, or no, five categories in the book. So there's 50 of them total, broken into getting started, to mindset, to ideas, like business ideas, to being wrong in failure, and then ending off in growth. Um, and so there's 10 brilliant ideas in each of those five categories from entrepreneurs that literally run like brilliant, amazing businesses from their laptop and travel the world to people who have thousands of employees and make billions of dollars a year. So there's every sort of aspect of it, both female and male entrepreneurs um, and showing how they've sort of got to where they are and how they deal with each of these things. Um, then it's all wrapped in with my writing and kind of motivation. It's not a how-to book to start a business. It's really for if you're starting a new project, you're getting started on this new project, you should read Getting Started Again because it's not necessarily getting started in business. It's getting started on a project also in business, but it's kind of people looking back and being like, this is how I started the next one and the next one and what they learned. So the idea is that you can kind of pick it up um, and if you need business ideas and how to get to them right now, then read ideas again. Um, if you just made a huge failure, which we pretty much do daily um and you need just some sort of somebody to reassure you that it's okay or how to get through it then go to fears um the best way i can explain the book is that really i tried to write um and create it so that it's like a giant boot that will kick you in the ass and make you live the life that really is available to you with the internet and it's really just you in your own way um like you standing in your own way for what you want to do it really is nothing else and this is as much motivation as it is sort of tactics to get you there um but it's really that boot that will just kick you every time you need a kick um to keep going um because yeah i've discovered this life and this sort of internet as a business and I just I wish everybody would because we live in an amazing period and like in time that never has existed before um, the way you can scale and reach the whole world from your own home. And to me, that's brilliant and should be taken advantage of um, by way, way, way more people. Absolutely. So this Hack the Entrepreneur is up on Amazon. You also have I'm sure it's available on your website. What's the website URL? Htebook.com uh, if you want. Okay. Um, we'll go straight to my site or just hacktheentrepreneur.com. You'll see the book on there. Awesome. Um, and the podcast is over there as well? That's exactly where the podcast is as well. Cool. Any final words just as far as, you know, staying a, a kid punk rocker forever? Um, really create a business that is around the lifestyle. Like you'll, from reading my book, you'll get the idea from people with thousands of employees to one employee or no employees that you really should create a business around your lifestyle and what it is you want to do. You don't have to have hundreds of employees if you don't want. Your business should be exactly and can be exactly as you want it to be. You don't have to wear a suit and tie if you don't want to. You don't have to have an office if you don't want to. You can if you want, but you don't have to. Business should be created to create the lifestyle you want. So that allows me to 
work project-based, meaning that I get months off at a time if I want it, and I get to pack up my laptop into a backpack, take my family around the world multiple times, and just travel. And I also get to play still drums three times a week when I'm in this city right now um, in two punk rock bands at 37 years old. I'd say that's pretty awesome. Uh, we get to record records. We get to play live shows um, because I have the time and the freedom uh, and the energy to do it because of what my business has afforded me. I do not let my business control my life or my lifestyle. And you don't have to either. It's totally up to you to determine what it should be. That's brilliant. I think there's no better way to end off this episode. John, thanks so much for being here. Everyone needs to check out Hack the Entrepreneur. And uh, I look forward to, uh, I'm sure we'll run into each other soon at a conference or something like that. We definitely will. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted